Welcome to the Growing Vegetables Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Diana. I want to show you how it's possible to have your very own vegetable garden at home, even if you are working and a busy mum like I am. Join me as I show you how you can have a simple, satisfying and sustainable vegetable garden. But before we get started, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple and love what you hear, I would really, really appreciate it if you left me a five-star review and comment. So let's dive in to today's topic. Hello gardeners and welcome back to the Growing Vegetables Down Under podcast. And today we will be talking about how to grow bountiful broccoli. That's right, I am going to be sharing with you my top 10 tips to grow the biggest heads of broccoli that you ever have before. But don't be nervous about the fact there are 10. These are very simple, straightforward tips, and I'm sure you're already doing a number of them. But let's jump straight into number one. So while the leaves can survive, broccoli needs full sun. I know this can be a little bit confusing because for a broccoli, we actually put it into the leaf part of a crop rotation cycle, but we actually eat the flower of the broccoli plant. And as I have said before, flowers and fruits need full sun, whereas roots and leaves can survive in part shade. So when it comes to sunlight for your broccoli plant, it's going to need to be in a full sun spot. So I am talking at least six hours of direct sunlight a day, more if your sunlight is filtered. And if you have an even sunnier spot on your north facing wall, then that is where you should be plonking these guys in order to produce those really big heads. Number two is rich soil. And if you don't listen to any of the other nine tips, this is the one you should absolutely be paying close attention to. So turn up the volume. Brassicas are heavy feeders. What this means is that they absorb from the soil a lot more nutrients than other plants might do, like a lettuce, for example. In the crop rotation cycle, they are often planted after legumes. And this is because legumes are what we call nitrogen fixing, which means the roots of legumes actually have these little nodes on them that release nitrogen into the soil. So when you plant your brassicas and your leafy crops after a crop of legumes, they are going to thrive because nitrogen is what produces leaves. The best fertilizer for Nitrogen is blood and bone, and this is a slow release fertilizer which has nitrogen, calcium, and phosphorus. They can be fortified with potassium, and potassium is great for fruit development. Obviously, brassicas do not require lots of potassium because they're not producing fruit. However, a blood and bone mixed with potassium fortified into it is not going to go astray. You can buy just blood meal, which is nitrogen, or bone meal, which is calcium and phosphorus, but I still recommend that you get the bag of blood and bone combined. 
before you plant your seeds or seedlings. Please make sure that you are putting your blood and bone into the soil. It's approximately four handfuls per square meter, but make sure that you have a look at the instructions on the product that you have purchased. In addition to that, it would be great if you also improved your soil with compost and sheet manure and watered it in with a seaweed concentrate. If you have already planted your broccoli or your other brassicas, don't fear. You can still fortify the soil now. And so I would be scattering sheep manure and blood and bone around the perimeter of your brassicas and then watering it in with a seaweed concentrate. As I'm going to cover off in episode four, which is going to be the basics of fertilizing, I like to alternate my gardens with seaweed and fish emulsion every two weeks, which means I'm putting seaweed concentrate on my garden once a month and fish emulsion on my garden once a month. I like to call these seaweed Saturdays and a fish Friday. So if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you'll be getting a reminder to make sure that you pop outside and do this to your garden. Halfway through the season, make sure you add more manure and more compost around those plants. Number three is loose soil. So when you are planting your broccoli or your seeds, make sure you have turned over your soil to a depth of 30 centimeters. This means that it is easy for your broccoli to then put down roots and seek out those nutrients that it craves. When I say turnover soil, basically what I mean is that you get your pitchfork out and just dig the soil up till about 30 centimeters deep so that it is nice and loose. As I said, this means your broccoli is going to find it much easier to stretch out those roots and seek out the nutrients it's looking for. Number four is test your pH. Broccoli is quite fussily and it likes a neutral pH of seven. Now your veggie patch should be a pH of seven. So it's worth testing to make sure that it is in fact neutral. And if it's not, then amend as necessary. If you don't know how to amend your soil when it's either acidic or alkaline, I will be covering that off in episode four. So make sure you subscribe so that you get a notification when that episode is uploaded. Number five is spacing. Now, if you follow me on Facebook and Instagram, you will know that I am a very dense planter. I like to get the absolute maximum amount of produce out of the six meter squared that I garden in. And so I do plant quite densely. However, broccoli are a crop that this doesn't really work for. They need adequate spacing so that they're not competing for nutrients with their neighbors. And they also want good air circulation around them so that they stay nice and cool. So I encourage you to follow the instructions on the packet of the variety of broccoli that you have purchased. Uh, but as a general rule of thumb, broccoli likes to be about 40 centimeters apart. In saying that, I plant three broccoli on either side of my one meter squared food cube and two in the middle. So that means that I'm planting eight per square meter. So that is still more than is recommended. However, I am the fertilizing queen and so I still get really great broccoli. Number six is mulch. I will go on and on and on about how important it is to mulch your soil. In episode two, we talked about how mulching ensures that those living organisms in the soil aren't killed off by the heat 
or by the lack of moisture and so forth. So please mulch your broccoli. Now, this can be with lucerne, it can be with pea straw, hay, you can even use compost. Or at the moment, of course, being autumn, there are a lot of leaves around and leaves are gold when it comes to mulching. So feel free to grab a few leaves and put them onto your vegetable garden. Mulch keeps the moisture into the soil, keeps those living organisms happy, which keeps your soil health up and also keeps the roots of the broccoli cool. They do like to stay nice and cool. So the warmer the area is that you're in, and I'm thinking of our Queensland friends, then the less happy your broccoli will be. Whereas the people down south can grow fantastic broccoli because it does like to be kept cold. Number seven is water. Just because it's cooler does not mean that these plants do not mean to be watered. They are very, very thirsty. The soil needs to remain moist, but not wet. But then you also have to have adequate drainage. So they are a little bit fussy. I water my broccoli every second day at the moment because my broccoli is not in a food cube, which is my wicking beds. I also have broccoli growing in pots and I water them daily. Have a listen to episode one when I talk about the various different types of garden beds and I do cover off how important it is to water your container plants every single day if you are gardening in pots. Number eight is cool weather. Now I've touched on this before, broccoli is a cool climate plant and you'll really notice that its growth starts to take off when the weather starts to cool down. This year I did an experiment and I planted my broccoli seeds back in January just to see if I could get them to be any bigger than they would have been otherwise. What I got was broccoli that was about five to 10 centimeters tall, depending on the variety, until about April. And then suddenly, poof, they took off. So they really do like to be cool. Number nine is they are slow growing in the sense that they do take a long time to mature. So even though they're big, they still haven't matured. So it can take several months in order to get the big heads of broccoli that you're looking for. So please be patient. On the other hand, it is important to harvest your broccoli before they get too late. You need to harvest them when they're ripe, which is before the flower, those buds really start to open. And number 10 is pest control. They are constantly attacked by caterpillars and that is because the white butterflies and the cabbage moths are actually attracted to the scent of brassicas. So they'll come along and they will lay their larvae onto the leaves of your broccoli and then those caterpillars will hatch and attack the plant. Now they don't often eat the flowers, which is the part that we're going to be eating. However, they can upset your poor broccoli plant who's just had its leaves all munched through and reduce its ability to photosynthesize. So it's a good idea to do a couple of things. Firstly, net your broccoli if you can. And this means covering it with uh, frost netting or bird netting, anything that's going to prevent those butterflies from being able to actually land on the broccoli leaves and lay their larvae. The second thing that you can do is put cabbage moth decoys in. So these moths are actually territorial. And so if they see other moths, they'll move on to another area. And this includes 
fake moths. Now, I've had people cut these out of milk cartons and then I've had people go and buy them. I have bought mine and I've added them to the garden and I have to say I'm having great success with them in the area that I have planted them, which is where my swedes and my turnips are growing. My broccoli, my cabbages and my kale are netted and so I have also had uh, really good crops from them so far this season. And of course, the last thing you can do to tackle these caterpillars and cabbage moths is to companion plant. Some great companion plants for brassicas include the Allium family, and that's because they actually mask the smell of the brassicas. As I said before, cabbage moths and white butterflies are attracted to the scent of brassicas. The Allium family includes all your onion friends. So onions, garlic, leeks, spring onions, shallots, all of those are part of the Allium family. In addition to that, herbs can also mask the scent of brassicas. So some great herbs would be oregano, rosemary, and sage. Some other great companions for broccoli include beetroots, carrots, celery, silver beet, also known as Swiss chard, lettuce, and spinach. There are a few other companion plants which are good for broccoli, but these would either be for areas that do not get frosts over winter or for the shoulder seasons. And they include bush beans, cucumber, dill, mint, nasturtiums, potatoes, and tomatoes. It's important that you don't plant your broccoli with climbing beans or strawberries. Although broccoli loves nitrogen, climbing beans for some reason actually can put too much nitrogen into the soil and upset your broccoli. I personally have never had the problem of broccoli getting too much nitrogen. To me, I've always found them to be incredibly hungry. Perhaps if you're putting climbing beans around your broccoli in addition to fertilizing, you could get too much nitrogen. But I live in a frosty climate and therefore I've never actually planted beans at the same time as broccoli because they are frost sensitive. The other plant not to plant with your broccoli is strawberries and that's because they compete for the same nutrients. But again, strawberries is a summer crop and broccoli is a winter crop and so I personally have never had this problem. So those are the top 10 tips for growing the best broccoli that you can. There is one last point that I would like to make, and that is, of course, there is a genetic factor as well. You are not going to be able to grow really big broccoli heads if you are planting a variety of broccoli that is just not predisposed to being large-headed. So over on my website, I have a list of the various varieties of broccoli and those which do tend to grow larger heads, if that's what you're interested in, or those which are just easier to grow. I hope that that has been really helpful for you. I'd love to see some photos of the broccoli that you are growing. Please jump on to my Facebook page or the Growing Vegetables Down Under community and share with me via Facebook. Or if you're on Instagram, please tag me in your broccoli successes because I would love to see what you have done in your garden. But also I'd love to know which of these tips really helped you. I hope you're all having a fantastic week and happy gardening. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Growing Vegetables Down Under. 
On Facebook, we also have the Growing Vegetables Down Under community, which is a group where you can share your successes or possibly your failures and ask for help. I would love to see you in that group and I am able to provide any advice you'd like on that platform. If you have any comments or suggestions about other topics you'd like me to cover, just leave them in the comments below or send me a DM. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Happy gardening!